Hello, and welcome to the ID Talk podcast. My name is Peter Cantor, and I'm the editor in chief of Fine Biometrics, where, throughout June, we are celebrating financial identity in our Future of Finance special event, presented in association with our financial industry events partner, Money 2020 Europe. That's why in this episode of ID Talk, I am pleased to present my co-host Susan Stover's interview with Jennifer Burrs, Vice President of Sales, Europe, at Onfido. Their conversation centers around how digital onboarding technologies protect against fraud and promote financial inclusion. Beginning with a discussion of the key components of a robust digital onboarding solution and how the COVID-19 pandemic response has affected the fraud landscape, Burrs goes on to offer insight on remote enrollment technology's role in the evolution of modern banking. The interview concludes with a look ahead at how digital onboarding is expected to evolve in the years to come. Digital onboarding is one of the prevailing trends in identity technology right now, and this conversation is a great way to get up to speed. So without further ado, here is Susan Stover in conversation with Onfido's Jennifer Burrs, right here on the ID Talk podcast. This is Susan Stover, VP of Digital Content here at Fine Biometrics and Mobile ID World, and welcome to ID Talk. Today, we're joined by Jennifer Burrs, VP of Sales Europe for Onfido. Welcome to the podcast, Jennifer. Thanks, Susan. I'm happy to be here. Let's launch right in. Digital onboarding is one of the most important trends in identity and biometrics, enabling the digitalization of a wide variety of industries. What are the crucial components on a premium remote onboarding solution? Onboarding is is really crucial because it enables trust. Trust for the business, allowing a customer in, and also trust for the customer making the assessment that they want to do business with you as a, as a company. And trust is fundamentally needed for, for really any transaction to work. That said, successful onboarding solutions have to achieve trust in, in two core ways. First is obviously security. You know, fraud needs to be stopped. You need to let in genuine users, but also user experience. Um, because companies have to satisfy user experience expectations both at that moment as well as moving on in the life cycle. And when we say user experience, it's both for the end applicant as well as for the client using the platform. To expand on that, to take a few examples of previous solutions to onboarding that now are quite often being replaced. Um, the first is credit bureaus. Admittedly, they're very low friction. Um, that said, they're really susceptible to fraud because of data breaches. Um, it's very easy for a fraudster to gain the personal information. I mean, we've all seen compromised data honeypots and present it to a financial institution to gain access. And this has really been further exacerbated with the rise of synthetic identity fraud. Um, and what that means is fraudsters were tricking the system by taking stolen data, tweaking it slightly, maybe changing some of the name or a line of the address, and then using that new data to, to really create a new account. And what happens with this is maybe the first time it's rejected, but that rejection creates an entry on a credit bureau, another page in that credit file associated with that fake data. And they do that again and again. So maybe on a 10, it has enough credit data info to, to get us actually accepted. And that experience is really opaque and it requires a lot of personal data entry from the applicant which can be frustrating. And then the second one that's now being very much replaced is face-to-face verification. That is more secure than credit bureaus, but it's it's not perfect. Um, it can be argued that it's more secure partially because it's not really scalable for a fraudster to attack again and again in a face-to-face setting, but customers just aren't accepting that. It doesn't meet customer expectations. This is a behavioral change we've been seeing for years and is being accelerated now by COVID. And we've, we've learned recently that we can do more than we ever thought remotely. And 
when we're back to normal or whatever the new normal is, that behavioral change really is, is here to say. Spotting fraud also isn't easy, even for trained individuals. A research paper from 2014 showed that even passport officers average a 14% error rate when matching faces to documents. So imagine if a trained passport officer averages 14% error rate, how hard it is for those with less or, or no training to spot frauds of all the variations. So um, what I mean by that is an officer in the DMV might be able to spot a fake driver's license a mile off, but they won't have that same skills when it comes to passports or visas, for instance. And these blind spots enable fraudsters to get genuine licenses using fake IDs, even when the, the officers have that document in hand. And for less trained individuals like cashiers or bank tellers, that failure rate rises to, we've seen in some cases of 50%. And like you just mentioned, there have been many reports documenting the massive surge in fraud in the wake of COVID-19. Um, yeah. How can remote onboarding flatten the newly emboldened fraud curve? Yeah, we're going to hear flatten the curve applied to lots of things now, aren't we? Um, yeah. They, it's, yeah. <laughs> what's interesting is we're seeing at the moment is the volume of people transacting online is increasing a lot. That said, the percentage of fraud rate really is staying about the same. So if anything, we're just more aware of the fraud that's been passing through the systems for a long time. So in regards to catching this, it's about the solution that you use at the point of remote onboarding. So if you use a credit bureau-based solution, like we talked about, I talked about earlier, you're offering fraudsters a wider attack surface to target with stolen data. So let's face it, with a little bit of work, not much, I can probably find your name, and your date of birth and your address online. Not, not to be creepy, but it's all out there. What Onfido does is we advocate for a combination of document and biometric system to remotely onboard. So when signing up, a user presents a picture of their photo ID. That ID is then analyzed using machine learning behind the scenes for data validation. Most documents have secret formulas for the numbers contained within them. Image integrity, so that it hasn't been edited, looking at things like security features and font analysis. and that said, of course, just presenting a valid ID doesn't mean that it isn't stolen or being presented by a family member, for example. And this is where biometrics can be really useful because by then asking the applicant to present a selfie via their mobile device, you can match the selfie against the photo on the document. That way, you know the person applying is real and not impersonating someone else. And importantly, you can leverage biometric liveness to ascertain that the person signing up is physically present at the moment of verification. So for remote digital onboarding, using face recognition and document reading is an elegant and convenient solution to that challenge. But even with remote enrollment technology, what fraud threats remain during the onboarding process and how can they be solved? You're right. There will always be fraudsters trying to break through any solution. Um, you have to see fraud prevention almost as an arms race with increasingly professional fraudsters always trying to break through your defenses. And we've done some analysis from our own data. We see the highest volume of fraud is Monday to Friday, nine to five. It is literally a job. So in, in regards to the type of attack vectors um, that we've seen, you know, as to go to your point, for documents, we broadly categorize attacks into three categories. The first is data validation. So we check a document has valid data in all the correct places. The second is visual authenticity where visual security features have been compromised, font anomalies are present, or a photo has been tampered with. And thirdly, we look at data consistency. 
So we check that the data is consistent across all areas of the document. And many documents, in fact, most documents, repeat data in really complex ways. A lot of the long strings and letters and numbers on IDs, those aren't random. They're generated by or repeating data somewhere else in the document. In regard to biometrics, that falls into two categories. The first is live capture-based attacks. So photos of the document photo, photos of screens, photo of printouts, masks, that kind of thing. What we're starting to see more of though is subverting live capture attacks, which is either uploading a saved image or using a fake webcam or emulator. We're seeing a huge rise in that. So to really stay ahead in this arms race, as I, as I call it, you really need a document and a biometric solution that can detect all of these attack vectors and is constantly being updated and reviewed. So fraudsters, they're not stopping. It is their job and they keep getting more clever. So we need to do so as well. Onfido believes that identity is more than numbers. They digitally prove a user's real identity using AI. First, they verify a photo ID, then match it against the user's facial biometrics. This means businesses don't have to compromise on experience, inclusion, privacy, or security. That's how they give over 1,500 companies worldwide the assurance they need to onboard customers remotely and securely. Visit onfido.com to find out more. And now, back to the podcast. Financial services is the front line of innovation when it comes to biometrics and identity technology. How has remote onboarding transformed the banking experience? A lot. It's, it's astounding that it's really only been five years since this approach really started to emerge in financial services. No longer needing to go to a branch is, is a pretty big one. The onboarding experience is more and more being handled entirely in-app. And in terms of metrics, there, there's two main ones that financial services are looking at. One is time to open, which is time to submit the application, and time to be approved, how long until you're activated. There was a fascinating article recently published by Built for Mars where they measured the number of clicks to onboard with a bank in the UK and start spending. And the banks and neobanks who use digital identity verification, they own the leaderboard by, by a long way. So the top three performers were all neobanks or banks integrating a document and biometric solution with 24, 38, and 45 clicks respectively. At the way at the back of the pack were traditional banks and building societies with 69 to 120 clicks to be able to, to open an account. Similarly, the time to have an active account or card ranged from two to 36 days with the neobanks taking three of the top six spots. And you know, if you think about it, how many users do you think were waiting for a traditional bank and just signed up for a neobank in the meantime to get going? Previously, getting an active account meant physically going into a branch or completing a lengthy process online before waiting days or weeks for a functioning card and account. And that's just not, not the case and not acceptable anymore. Mm-hmm. And Onfido recently partnered with World Remit. How does your technology bring trust and inclusion to international money transfers? Yeah, yeah, we're, we're really excited about that. We, we help them fulfill both identification and financial compliance requirements without impacting speed or ease of onboarding, which was crucial to them. We're also really proud to be supporting World Remit's mission for financial inclusion on its platform. Our technology means that customers who have lower spec smartphones or, or cameras, they're, they're not excluded. We provide users with very granular feedback beyond just pass or fail, 
We help users orientate the camera or tell them if poor lighting or glare is affecting the quality of the capture, which lets customers try again or be prompted to alter their camera setup, which means they get onboarded just after one try. And what are some other ways remote onboarding promotes financial inclusion and accessibility around the world? Yeah, so inclusion is something that we we really strive for in everything we do. It's it's part of Unfido's mission, where identity is the key to access. One of the one of the main reasons we based our solution around a document and biometric approach is because it's not reliant on a credit file to prove who you are. So instead, it just needs two things that are inherently yours: a photo ID, which is much easier to get than an established credit file, and your face. So. Those who don't have an established credit file, the young, the unbanked, recent immigrants, they're not financially excluded because they're not on file. It's also worth mentioning that remote onboarding services aren't necessarily unbiased by default. That's certainly been in the news quite a bit. Algorithmic bias tends to manifest when a machine learning system has been trained on data that represents only certain ethnicities. It performs better at classifying those ethnicities correctly. So Onfido's participating in the UK's first Information Commissioner's Office, or ICO, um, Data Protection and Privacy Sandbox to systematically measure and mitigate algorithmic bias um, in machine learning models. And in particular, we've been focusing on racial and other data-related biases that affects remote onboarding, document and biometric-based identity verification. The ICO recently gave a six-month update on this research, and we're really proud. Our latest face matching algorithm false acceptance rate is now 0.01 at a false rejection rate of 1%. And what this means in, in reality is it corresponds to a likelihood of one in 10,000 of incorrectly matching two faces that don't belong to the same person. It's the highest ever reported accuracy for algorithms comparing faces on identity documents or versus selfies or videos. Um, and more importantly, the delta in this performance between ethnicity groups is as small as it's ever been. The, these figures represent an overall 10x improvement from our previous algorithm version and an improvement of 60 times for false acceptance rates for faces of African descent. As previously mentioned, we also don't want to exclude anyone who has an older mobile device when we talk about inclusivity. So we work to support as many as possible, um, do everything we can to improve the quality of captures submitted, like using machine learning to improve the quality, using prompts, uh, analysis of the actual capture flow to direct to capture a clear image. And finally, we also consider accessibility features when designing our products. So around 61 million US adults have a disability, which equates to around one in four. The statistics are fairly similar in the UK where there are around 13 million people with a disability, which is about one in five. But these numbers are really only an approximation. A disability can impact really anyone at some point in their lives. So while we're likely to know about members of society who have a permanent disability, such as blindness, we're less likely to know how many people are affected by a temporary or situational disability. This can include anything from a broken arm to nearby loud voices affecting someone's hearing. So we've worked with a number of organizations to ensure our SDKs are WCAG AA accessible, which there's lots of different pieces to that, such as, for example, screen reader support. Well, congratulations on, on all of that recent success. And I think it's you know amazing the work that you're doing around accessibility. Onfido believes that identity is more than numbers. They digitally prove a user's real identity using AI. 
First, they verify a photo ID, then match it against the user's facial biometrics. This means businesses don't have to compromise on experience, inclusion, privacy, or security. That's how they give over 1,500 companies worldwide the assurance they need to onboard customers remotely and securely. Visit onfido.com to find out more. And now, back to the podcast. Remote onboarding is still a relatively new technology. Uh, in addition to the ways that you, you just touched on, how, how do you expect it to evolve in the coming years, especially as demand surges with the massive shift to remote work and education we've seen in recent months? I think we'll see increased uptake in document and biometric systems, partially because of the advantages they offer in terms of fraud prevention and experience. But more interestingly, I think we're going to see a strong anchor of trust that document and biometrics creates utilized later and throughout the customer lifecycle. So both of the examples you gave um, are both places where you need to know if the user is, is still the user. So remote work, you want to make sure those the person is the same person you verified is actually the one doing the work. And in education, you want to make sure the person you verified is the one who's actually taking the exam. So by having a photo ID linked to the person at onboarding, you can ask them then for a new selfie thereafter to enable someone to re-verify their ownership of the account. So for example, just before you sit the exam, you're asked to simply snap a new selfie and it's matched against the document you signed up with. And that institution is given a high assurance that the rightful person is sitting that exam. In regards to financial services, we've, we've really become used to a biometric to log into our online banking. I fully expect this to expand to cover other riskier account actions too, because first of all, it's harder to attack as a fraudster than using two-factor authentication. And it's more convenient than something like knowledge-based authentication, which in my experience either tends to be very easy and subject to social engineering, I mean, how many Facebook quizzes have you taken asking for your first car or your favorite teacher? We all sort of used to do that and hopefully don't anymore. Um, or those are so difficult that I just don't know the answer. I recently had one where they asked my mortgage rate from 10 years ago, and I absolutely have no idea. So traditionally, if I forgot my account details, I might need to answer knowledge-based questions or phone a call center or get a secret pin from my email. And this might also be the case if I lost my linked device or wanted to change something on the account or authorize a transaction from abroad. I would much rather just take a selfie and, and be able to prove who I am than trying to jump through these hoops. And of course, onboarding is the first step in anchoring trust within a digital system. And the scope of application is as broad as identity itself. What other industries should look to remote onboarding now in order to protect themselves and their users? Really interesting, isn't it? Um, it's really broadly any interaction where it's worth knowing someone is who they say they are. So some specific industries, to, to just name just a few that are starting to integrate are telco. Uh, this is still an area where performing strict checks on IDVs is a regulatory requirement in certain jurisdictions. And this traditionally means a customer would need to either submit document online, fill out forms, or go into a branch and or wait for their subscription to be manually verified. And a process that could take hours to complete um, using document and biometrics, we've helped Yalo in Switzerland reduce this to three minutes. For hotels, we just partnered with a company called Sidehide who are looking to simplify hotel booking and check-in. They want to make it a great experience. And the idea being that you verify your identity at sign up with your document and biometric, you book in their app. And when you arrive at the hotel, you can just show your booking in app 
versus needing to hand over a passport, wait in line, and you're able to just check in much quicker. Another exciting application that is quite timely we see is, is e-voting. And we think this is another space that document and biometric verification could enable because you gain a very, very strong assurance from a smartphone that someone is who they say they are. This has the potential to make voting more accessible, transparent, and friction-free, and really modernize the democratic process. We've, in fact, partnered with Agora, which is a leading blockchain-based e-voting provider, to, to explore this. It was really great to chat with you today. How can listeners get in touch with you to learn more about the topics we discussed in this episode? I would love that. If anyone wants to know more about Onfido or digital identity in general, they can visit onfido.com resources, where we've got a lot of material on everything we've discussed. Thank you so much for joining me today, Jennifer. Thank you for having me. And so concludes Susan Stover's conversation with Jennifer Burrs. Vice President of Sales Europe at Onfido. To learn more about the topics discussed in this episode, visit onfido.com. I would like to thank Jennifer for joining us on this episode of ID Talk, and thank you as always to Susan Stover, Vice President of Digital Content at Fine Biometrics and Mobile ID World, for conducting the interview. Our podcast theme music is by Logamrad. I have been your host, Peter Counter. Thank you for listening to the ID Talk podcast. Mm-hmm.